Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast version of Of the Comics, By the Comics, For the Comics. I'm your host, Pat Truer. Thank you for joining us today. Repeat listeners, we're always glad to have you back. And for all you first-time listeners, all episodes were previously recorded on a live virtual show in which we invited five stand-up comedians from around the country to join us to perform a five-minute set by each one, followed by a group roundtable discussion about comedy. Today's episode, we have performers Tammy Pescatelli, Paul Farver, Irene Tu, Mal Hall, and Brent Gill. Very excited to share this episode with you as we cover topics in the group discussion during the second half of the show, ranging from having kids while being a comedian and how that can change your career for the better, as well as what we as comedians think comedy will look like for comedians and in general after the old pandemic is over. If you haven't figured it out by now, uh, this is me giving you an introduction so you have some context to what you're about to hear, which is the previously recorded episode. All right, here we go. Of the comics, by the comics, for the comics. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Of the Comics, by the comics, for the comics. I'm your host, Pat Shure. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. Very happy to have you. Very happy for all the performers that we have tonight. This is uh, this is awesome. You got to say, like, things are opening up again. But yet, one of the amazing benefits to virtual comedy is that we are able to bring performers from all over the country for you here today. So I am so excited. Uh, on the show today, we have Paul Farmer, Irene Tu, Brent Gill, Mel Holland, Tammy Pescatelli. I'm super. Everybody, thank you so so much for being it. Also, uh, for our audience members, uh, I appreciate uh, all the warm messages, the get well messages. And for those of you who don't know, just getting over the old COVID. Uh, it's great. I, uh, I feel fantastic. I, uh, I've gone back to not washing my hands. Uh, I walk the wrong way down the grocery store and I'm back to having unprotected sex with strangers. So basically invisible. It's fantastic. Uh, no, I'm not. Just that last part is stupid, but I am not washing my hands. <laughs> So uh, anyways, the uh, for the first time viewers, uh, I'm super excited. The format of the show is we're going to start. We're going to hear what everybody's been up to. And in the first half and in the second half of the show, it's going to be like a, a virtual roundtable about comedy. Got to hear some stories about uh, things that have happened over the course of people's comedy careers. And so without further ado, I think we're just going to get started. Our first performer, uh, Paul Farmer, I met in Chicago, uh, a, a fantastic comedian who used to be a lawyer and then pursued his dream of comedy. And uh, and the, he did a, a wonderful job for me, Joke at the Oak, uh, where he headlined there. He's got a regular show at the Laugh Factory. He tours all around the country. Uh, Paul, we've, we've got to do a lot of virtual shows together, buddy, and we always just kind of talk shop. But I want to ask you, uh, how has quarantine been treating you? It's been good. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, great to see you, Pat. It, it's been good. I've been, uh, you know, obviously like all of us, uh, I wasn't allowed to do comedy in places that we traditionally do for the last eight, 10 months. So like the only places I could do comedy were like places that didn't believe in COVID. So, uh, <laughs> so I got to go to like some places that have been on my, like, you know, bucket list forever, like Arkansas. Um, <laughs> I, got to, I got to go to Arkansas twice uh, this summer. Uh, first time I went was in, March. No, I'm sorry. I, first time I went was in June and I went to this gas station, was wearing a mask and the old man behind the counter just looks at me and goes, nice mask, pussy. I'm like, all right. See that. <laughs> I'm like, see, there's this whole pandemic going around the world in must have missed Arkansas. And then, uh, <laughs> and then when I went back there a month later in July, I went back to that gas station and, uh, and he was dead, so it all worked out, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I was like, uh, I was super safe uh, for the first few months. I was like quarantining, uh, testing all the time, wearing a mask everywhere, wash my hands. And then um, I came to Florida for Christmas. And then within two days of coming to Florida, I got COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like really lucky. I got like the mild like Sarasota strand. It was like cute. It was I was done in like I was done in like two days. It was pretty awesome. But like, but like you said, like it's awesome. Like I've had I'm like invincible now. I haven't washed my hands in a month, and like um, I'm like uh, licking doorknobs when I walk in. I like 
go up to people now and greet them with wet willies. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding. I had it. Now, now do me, do me. Like, I'm just like, it's been awesome. But um, the one thing that sucked about getting it, obviously, a lot of things, obviously, I'm, I'm grateful that I had a mild case was that, you know, when we quarantined, uh, I had to miss some opportunities because as some of you guys know, we were talking about before, uh, we get opportunities to act sometimes. And the week before my agent had called me and said, uh, he got me a part based on just my ethnic background. And I was like, yeah, I don't have to audition. He's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm in. He's like, yeah, you're gonna be in a Christian rock video. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I was so excited. He's like, I didn't even tell you, <laughs> He's like, I didn't even tell you the details. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm from Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern, half Muslim, half Jew. I'm gonna be the star of that video. <laughs> I'm either blowing shit up or I'm killing Jesus. Like it's a win. <laughs> but then I had to, uh, then I had to, then I had to tell him that I couldn't do it. And then right away he's like, it turns out they have an understudy ready to go. And I'm like, who is my understudy? Like how many half Muslim, half Jews are there ready to go? Like, do they have like Mohammed Goldstein waiting in the background? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I, I actually have been here uh, quarantined with my brother and his family. That's what took so long getting in because I had to like find a room. And I was hanging out with my uh, my 12-year-old nephew. He told me to wear this shirt that he bought me for Christmas. You guys like it? Yeah. This is a great shirt. He's like, yeah, it matches your hair. I'm like, all right, go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're adopted. Um, <laughs> Which I probably shouldn't have said to him because he has red hair and uh, he's sensitive about it because no one else in the family does. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's my uh, he's my brother's kid. And uh, my brother used to mess with me, too. When I was younger, I, I got really fat and my cheeks got so big that my eyes got smaller. And my brother said I was adopted from an Asian family. So we'd go to like the grocery store and there'd be an Asian woman. And he'd just look at me and go, that's your real mom. <laughs> <laughs> now, every time I see an older Asian woman, I think it's my mom and I want to suck a teeth. But um, <laughs> when I got my brother back, right, because uh, my nephew, he's 12 years old. He hates Donald Trump. And Donald Trump came on the TV and he was just staring at the TV, just yelling at it. And I just look at him and I'm just like, that's your real dad. Like, <laughs> you're from Florida. He's from Florida. You have orange hair. He has orange everything. That's you in 40 years. So, that's that's been fun. That's, so that's what I've been doing here in uh, in quarantine, Pat. All right, Paul. Thank you, Paul, very much. I appreciate that, buddy. Great way to start us off. You know, uh, a lot of people often ask me, they're like, Pat, isn't it awkward clapping by yourself at your home? No, I do it every day after I brush my teeth. It's a tremendous confidence booster. <laughs> so, uh, listen, our next performer, I'm very excited about, uh, never never actually met her. Uh, her name is Irene, too. Was introduced to me uh, through a wonderful comedian named Alex Falcone, and we've done several shows together. Irene, it's been delightful uh, working with you, and I uh, just curious, same question for you as I asked to Paul. What's been going on during quarantine for you, Irene? Uh, well, first of all, quarantine's been great because I get to meet a lot of comedians that I've never met before, including you, Pat. Although I don't even know if you're a real person. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could just be a guy that pretends he does comedy. I'm like, hey, this guy's great. And they're like, we don't know who Pat is. Like, I've never <laughs> seen him before. No idea. He's just like a cardboard cutout that moves around. <laughs> <laughs> But these Zoom shows are fun. They're great. Um, I mean, I'm just glad 2020 is over because that was the longest election ever. It was like 30 years long. Mm. And I feel like you guys all know who I voted for. You know, like, I look like this. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, obviously, Kanye. Um, <laughs> no, I voted for Biden, but um, he wasn't my guy. That's just kind of who was left over. You know, like, that's kind of the choice. I was like, okay, I guess I have to vote for him. Like I voted for him, like how I eat vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm like, I don't really like this, but <laughs> I know it's good for me. You know? <laughs> like, I'll live longer if I do it. <laughs> so I don't know. I just feel like, uh, it's weird that he's our president because he's 78 years old. Like, he was our oldest ever president to be inaugurated. Um, Trump was 74. 
maybe next time let's just try under 70 you know (laughs) (laughs) throwing it out there just spitballing might be an idea like i think we just have to have an age maximum on the presidency right (laughs) like there's an age minimum it's 35 that makes sense i don't want a 25 year old running america (laughs) i also don't want a 75 year old running america you know (laughs) yeah like they don't know how tiktok works (laughs) <laughs> the only thing we care about as a nation right and if i had shown either of those candidates my phone and i was like hey open the tiktok app right they'd be like um it's it's 709 p.m <laughs> i'm like dude that's just the time okay <laughs> I get how you're confused because that's how you asked for the time back in the 50s. You're like, hey, what's the TikTok? But uh, yeah, <laughs> now it's a dancing act. <laughs> I don't know. 2021, uh, it's, it's better, but, you know, we, we didn't start out real hot. You know, there was that like whole insurrection thing happening at the White House. And right after that happened, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should buy a gun, you know, just to be prepared. Because I'm going to need a gun at some point. Either there's going to be like a full-on coup or climate change. (laughs) Right? Like, I'm going to have to kill a man or a squirrel. Either way, (laughs) I want to survive. Okay? But I don't want to buy a gun because I'm a pacifist. I don't really believe in violence. I don't believe in guns. I don't even know if they're what they look like. You know, it's like Pat. I'm like, is it real? (laughs) I've never seen one. Like, I would get catfished by a gun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I am thinking about buying one. I just don't really want to support the NRA. Like, I would love to support a local business. Like, um, is there a way I can buy an organic, free-range, uh, cruelty-free gun? <laughs> you know? Like, is there an Etsy page for that? <laughs> Where you buy the gun and they also send you a succulent. (laughs) Comes with a little card that says, uh, hey, follow at Patty's Pistols on Instagram. (laughs) 10% off your next purchase. I'm like, I mean, I'll do it. I want to support this nice white lady making guns in her basement. You know, she's got to feed her kids somehow. (laughs) Or it would be nice if, like, the gun business was also a nonprofit. I don't think I know of any of those, you know, kind of like Tom's, right? (laughs) Where if you buy one gun, they'll send one to a starving kid in Africa. (laughs) 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 Not a real gun, okay, like a water gun, you know? (laughs) But it doesn't come with water, so still completely useless. All the kids are like, please stop sending us canvas shoes and empty water guns. Like, I don't want it. (laughs) It's not helpful. Just send us water and food. And we're like, we can't do that because of capitalism. We have to give you goods. We have to give you useless stuff. Um, (laughs) You know what? I'm going to end on that. Uh, Thank you guys so much. I'm Irene, too. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, Irene, too. Great job, Irene. (laughs) Irene was mentioned in the insurrection. I was like, uh, I just thought the FBI wanted to find it, all the guilty parties. Just look for anyone over the age of 15 who has participated in a Civil War reenactment. That's all you got to do. That's it. So, okay, Pat, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) So uh, our next performer I'm very excited about. Uh, we, We met over when I reached out to him over Instagram to do an Instagram live. We've never met. I, I actually reached out to quite a few men over the internet this past year, and he was one of them. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's a wonderful person. He runs a lot of great shows, uh, tours all over the country. Uh, Mal Hall is his name. Mal, currently uh, touring the country from a train, coming to us from an actual train right now. <laughs> and uh, Mal, how has, uh, how has COVID changed your life the most? Um, hey, everybody. Good to be. I am. I am on a train. So, at any point, you're going to hear the the Amtrak conductor over this loudspeaker. So I'm going to have to really try to time that out. Um, <laughs> the the pandemic has changed my life. The biggest change in my life has been um, I moved in with my mom. All right, and I never thought I would move in with my mom, but I live in Southern California. And my fiance and I were renting an apartment in like a nice part of San Diego. 
and we're like, well, we're just wasting money in this lockdown. Like, we can't go anywhere. So this rent money is literally just evaporating, right? And my mom offered. She goes, I have, like, three empty rooms in the house. Why don't you just move in with me? And we were like, well, that, you know, just makes sense on the surface. Like, let's do that. And then we, we moved in, and I realized, you know, it's not worth it at all. You know, the money that we're saving, it's not worth it. My mom's Asian, so I have a, I moved in with my Asian mom, which all moms are crazy, but Asian moms are like the elite of the crazy moms. Uh, and I, I realized, I realized that, um, I realized that, Whatever your parents' favorite age of you is, like, that's the age you're going to be in their eyes forever. So I'm 15 again, except now I have a fiancé and a son. It's terrible. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have chores. I have chores again. Um, I'm impressed that we're still in this pandemic. Like, I didn't believe it was going to be a thing. Like, one year ago, yesterday, I had a Taco Tuesday with some friends of ours and the guy the husband and that couple is from texas and he's like um you hear this pandemic is coming have you bought canned goods like you ready for the for the lockdown it's like there's going to be no lockdown dude this is america we're going to watch this pandemic on tv and fast forward to now you know i'm on a train doing a show for you guys (laughs) uh this is so I've been impressed by a lot of things. I was impressed that the mask was such an issue. Oh, there it goes. All right, you're coming to We're in Fullerton now. I'll let her finish. <laughs> by the way, we're supposed to be wearing our mask at all times, and my loophole to not wear the mask is that I'm drinking this beer. <laughs> so, okay, I think she's done for a little bit. So the the thing, the mask being a big deal really blew my mind. Like, I didn't realize it was going to be such a big deal. Um, like, I love the mask. I don't know how you guys feel. I love the mask. Like, I love, the main reason why I love the mask is because I'm a mouth breather. And so now nobody knows that my resting face is just dumb. You know? like, <laughs> like, I have to wear this thing. If I wasn't wearing the mask, you would catch me in public, Joe's. I was on that guy. Just, uh, duh. Such a big deal, the mask. Um, my other thing that impressed me in the pandemic is people's commitment to eating at Applebee's. Like, that was one of the businesses <laughs> that set up chairs outside. Like, you can now eat outdoors at Applebee's. It's like, there's a million restaurants you can eat at. Why are you at this fucking Applebee's, dude? I, uh, <laughs> Like the pand like the pandemic at the beginning felt like. Do you guys remember high school when uh, you got a long term sub and you're like, hell yeah, we're not gonna do anything for a while. Like that's how the lockdown started. It's like, we're not gonna do anything. We're gonna learn how to fake. We're gonna catch up on Netflix. Now it's like, you know, we're at the point where it's like, I want to learn again. Like I can't wait for this teacher to come back. Um. How should I? Okay, I'm going to end this with some things that work. I, uh, I'm a dad. I'm a dad and I love it. I love being a dad. Um, and I'm learning, like I'm a millennial dad and I'm learning that the world has no confidence in us. And they shouldn't, right? Because millennial men are not real. Right? Like they stopped making real men in 1979. They shut the factory down. Like, Technology has <laughs> come a long way. We're not going to need these dudes anymore. And now we're here, millennial dudes. And and I realize that she's going to come back on the loudspeaker. We're going to leave the station right in the middle of this bit. I already know it. Um, so Great time to wrap I it realize, up. I realize, <laughs> yeah, I realize that I realize that they have no confidence in us because they put pictures in things. They know that we don't have tools, so they put like disposable tools in things that you need to build, and they put pictures of how it works. Right. So perfect example: car seat. I installed a car seat. When, uh, when we were expecting my son, all these dudes, millennial men, were like, did you have somebody check your work? And I was like, what are you talking? It's not a math problem. There were pictures in there. It's very easy. 
what are you talking about? Did I have someone check the work? And they're like, well, I took, when we had our kid, I took the car down to the fire station, had these dudes check it out. I'm like, those guys are 22 years old, man. They don't know any, like, they don't know nothing about how to put in the car seat either. I guess I'll just leave her right there because she's about to talk. I love Okay. <laughs> right, Val. I appreciate you making it work from the train. Terrific. We're going to keep it going. Our next performer, Brent Gill, runs a fantastic comedy, the Boulder Comedy Show, uh, a regular comedy works in Denver, uh, many shows in Los Angeles as well as a fantastic YouTube channel. Uh, Brent, I know that you've been traveling a lot this past year. How has the travel been this year? <laughs> Dude, uh, man. I've been an animal. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've been traveling. This pandemic didn't stop me from traveling once. (laughs) I, I, yeah, yeah, I know. People think I'm a piece of shit. I was flying to and from Denver. I probably took, I am almost to silver status with Delta just because of the pandemic. (laughs) Like, like, I, I think I'm at 19 flights. Like I got like five or six more to get to silver status. Uh, and and I had to switch to Silver or to to Delta because uh, oh sorry by the way I do want to say I love that Mal got heckled by the fucking train operator that's probably the best part about Zoom shows is is that you can't even see the heckler that you're getting <laughs> I just wanted to point that out uh, that was pretty great um, but the the so I used to fly Southwest all the time and my last draw. Uh, it came recently when I was going from Nashville to LAX and it's a, obviously it's a cross country flight. And I thought that Southwest was still doing no middle seats. Well, little did I know that this was one of the first flights back with middle seats and boy, did they sell the shit out of this dude. So I'm a list on Southwest. Um, and not, to brag or anything, but uh, I, I I get to board first, right? So I get on the flight. It's a six a.m. flight. I'm, I'm still like halfway drunk from the night before, uh, and I get very front row window seat. Pretty cool, right? Everyone in here flies a lot. We can all say front row window seat. Pretty cool. Now, a couple people later, another fat guy comes on the plane, sits in my row at the aisle seat. Ooh, yes, that is, that is perfect. That is two fat guys in the front row is as close to first class as you can get on a Southwest flight. You know what I mean? So I'm pumped. I start man spreading. I put my earbuds in, I'm getting all wide and everything. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this because anyone walking onto this flight will see that middle seat and be like, I feel like there's something probably else. There might be an emergency row still open. Like you could be the last person on this seat and you would have seen me and fat guy number two and been like, is there any overhead space that I could crawl into <laughs> in the back? Is that possible? So I, so I, I, I thought smooth sailing from here. Now B boarding group starts loading up and I'm talking B one through 30 starts loading up. And this fat guy, gets onto the flight and he sees that middle seat and goes, oh, cool. Is that seat taken? <laughs> and like, at this point, like I, I eat edibles like when I fly, right? So at this point, I'm so high that like the facial recognition feature on my phone stopped working, you know, like, that point, like, like where you try to like open your eyes more and you just open your mouth, just, like that, that that's where i'm at in life right now and so so all i can do at this point is i can just point to the fat guy in the aisle and then i just kind of grab my right boob and then all i can say is just like i mean <laughs> And this guy goes, cool, man. I think this is going to be great. And he goes to sit down. like the, He like starts to wiggle his ass cheek. And, and at this point, I'm fucking furious, okay? Because this dude has broken the rule. He's broken the number one rule amongst fat people. And I don't know who is in our, our audience right now, but if you're not fat, you don't get this, all right? And it, it just, 
trust me, like ask your fat friends. Okay. Ne- next time you're down in Alabama, just go ask your fat <laughs> friends about this, which by the way, I, I, I told this joke a couple weeks ago in Alabama. And at this point, no one is laughing. And I'm like, am I just telling this joke wrong or is it not landing? And then it dawns on me in that moment that I'm not fat in Alabama, you know, like I'm like a solid eight in Alabama. So, uh, so this guy, so I'm furious, but I'm not going to get up and let this B boarding group piece of trash have a two seat front row on my aircraft, Pat. It's not happening. So all I can do is push my shoulders back, which is the ultimate dick move. When you just move your shoulders back and you're the, the, you know, window seat, I push them back and I go to sleep. Now, about an hour or two later, I get woken up because I realize my arm is getting wet because this dude is sweating through his shirt onto my bare skin. My bare skin, Pat. Bare skin. And so all I can do, because at this point, I have to remind you, he's broken the rule. All right. So there's no more honor amongst fats at this point. So I say to him, I was like, hey, dude, uh, do you have another jacket or maybe a shirt you can put on? Because I'm getting a little moist over here. (laughs) (laughs) And all he says, he goes, I don't. I'm sorry. And then he sits forward like this for the rest of the flight. That's a lot of forehead. Uh, but <laughs> And if you're feeling bad for him, don't. I wasn't the one that made the decision to shove a third pea into a pod made for two, okay? We look like three little Smokies just in there, which looks delicious, but we've already eaten. Now, we, we finally land, and when we land, he gets off the plane first, and I'm behind him, and we're in the airport, and he turns around, and he goes, hey, man, that whole sweating thing, fuck you. And I was like, fuck me, dude, you broke the rule. What do you mean, fuck me? You sat between two fat guys on a cross-country flight. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't think you were that fat. And I was like, well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you reverse Jedi mind trick me, you thick baby Yoda. And then we started, like, arguing back and forth. And as we're arguing, out of nowhere, fat guy number two from the aisle walks by us, stops, hears us, comes back and goes, actually, dude, fuck you. You broke the rule. What were you doing? <laughs> two fat guys on a cross-country flight. Like some fat Judge Judy came in and just let, laid a pudgment down. Uh, so... After that, we shared a Wetzel's pretzel and uh, just went on our way. It was pretty great. So, <laughs> All right. Brad Gill, way to close that right, out. Pretzel. Yeah. It's like, and then I found 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I'm so excited for our next performer. Our next performer, Tammy Piscatelli, uh, just a, a ridiculous amount of specials, uh, a national headliner, was introduced to me through Alonzo Bowden, and uh, I've yet to meet her in person, so kind of like Irene, not sure if she's real, but uh, her career certainly speaks for itself. So, uh, Tammy, I want to ask you, how do you think the comedy has changed uh, recently, this, year, this year? Yeah, well, if my career is speaking for itself, it's saying help right now. <laughs> Definitely being held hostage by some weirdo somewhere. Uh, I mean, a year ago this time, I, w- I had I had done the Today Show, the Tonight Show, a new special, Showtime special, uh, another part on Blue Bloods, and then my I lost 237 dates in an afternoon. And people were like, aren't you disappointed? And I'm like... I'm married. I get it, man. I understand disappointment. I live for disappointment. And that's the one thing, like, you guys, like, I look, Brett, I love in the back of your house. I, I'm trying to figure out if it's cheese whiz or whippets. I don't know what's going on back oh, there. It's for totally dad. I don't know what it is, man, but whatever it is, it's very interesting. That's the great part. Like, you don't have to tell us not to talk, judge people on race or religion. We're judging people on their houses now. That's why I have a fake background back here. I don't want you to see my house. I, it's it's insane. I've lost my mind during this whole thing. Like, I, I'm not saying that I was ever solid or together or nice before this, but I'm saying now <laughs> I am so at a point where I am not putting up. If I see you, you know, Irene, you were talking about TikTok. I have been unfriending people in real life. If you are too old to twerk, let it go, man. You're just twitching, you know? You're not dancing when it's an eight count. If you have to say five, six, seven, eight, 
Unless you are a rocket, shut the fuck up. Get out of here. I'm so tired of everybody. I'm swearing, Pat. I don't care. I don't think that I think we're allowed. Look at this. It yep. looks like all of a sudden I'm turning into the Hulk when I moved to a certain area. I feel like before I morphed it into Elvira. Uh, people are saying the dumbest stuff like, you know, did you get your your uh, vaccination yet? No, I traded my vaccine for a PS5 for my kid. I'll be dead soon. You know, uh, I can't. I had COVID um, and I still can't smell, which with my nose is really not fair. Don't talk. That's how you know that I would never be named Karen. Um, uh what else? My husband had COVID. He almost died. Um, not from COVID, but because I almost killed him because he's a whiny bastard. My God. <laughs> over and over. I should write some of these down, really. Um, but I, got, I just got exhausted. I mean, I, I talk about fat, Brent. Listen, do you know, I gained so much weight that if I want to slip into something more comfortable, it's going to have to be the dark. I'm so <laughs> fat and I'm wearing rock concert. Look at, I got my run DMC shirt. That's all I wear anymore. Rock concert shirts and my old soccer shorts. Umbers. I'm bringing them back, man. Um, I don't know. My kid is home. He's 13 now, which is a bizarre age, right? On homeschool, talking to 22 kids in a class. I'm trying to do a Zoom call in the other room. The guy asks me because it's a it's a like a USO tour thing. And the guy says, have you ever worked with the veteran comedian Dick Capri? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love Dick. And uh, then my kids whole class, you know, mocks him because it got worse because my husband goes, no, she doesn't. Um, <laughs> whatever. I made a mistake. I picked the wrong one. Uh, I don't know. It's just been, I'm so sick of dumb people. I went to the store the other day because I live in Pennsylvania now and things are starting to open up. But I went to work like I, I would work sporadically every once in a while. Like I was down in Florida, Paul, and that was that was like a completely different planet. And, you know, and uh, you have to post about it on your Facebooks and, and your Instagram and not your Twitter. I don't do the. TikTok, obviously, maybe you could make up a dance about Florida. I'd probably just go, um, <laughs> uh, but the way, did you see me leave when I left while you guys, I didn't mean to leave while one of you were on because one of those stink bugs showed up at my house. You know, those stink bugs that Amazon brought over, they all showed up at the same time. Um, I just got really, you know, I'm upset. I lost a whole chunk of material that I had about Prince Harry and Meghan because of that damn Oprah interview. <laughs> so now I can't make fun of anybody. I feel sorry for them. Because um, I've dealt with a lot of depression. I've dealt with a lot of mental angst, especially during this COVID thing. Like, I was really sick. I was up for days trying to figure out if anybody told the Amish <laughs> like, <laughs> we just completely locked down and they just trotted out and like what happened to the English you know what happened <laughs> so I, no one's kind enough to go tell them um am I almost done Pat I don't know what to say yeah, 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 uh, about 30 seconds Tammy. um I'll say this uh I'm trying to be a little bit more altruistic on my own part but I don't need you to donate for me I don't need to buy a pair of socks and you give a pair of socks away because that's not really donation. Basically, what these companies are doing are holding us hostage, saying, if you really gave a shit about homeless people, you'd buy our socks. But if you don't, we're not feeding them either. Uh, that's new. So whatever. Uh, I don't work anymore, you guys. Uh, oh, welcome back from the train. Well, I think I'll, I'll go. Uh, I don't know. I just, these things are bizarre. I appreciate all of you. I will say this. I miss comics. That's what I miss. I miss when comedy was just for us and not strangers yeah, yeah. sitting four people deep in their living room, trying to judge us about our acts. <laughs> but I, we can't even see them. They probably don't even have pants on right now. <laughs> the end. Yeah.
I mean, hey, David Pascatelli. Sammy, that's a, that's a great segue to the second half of the show, talking about missing comics. Now we're all on the screen. Now it's to everybody. Now it's just a kind of a free forum. Uh, but uh, everybody, first of all, before we get to this part, just thank you so much. This is so fun uh, having you all here. And, uh, and you know, this is just a free-for-all. So uh, for our viewers, uh, we're just going to have a roundtable here. And I'm just going to kick it off with a question. And, and Tammy, since we have it, uh, what has been a turning point in your comedy career, Tammy? And then and this is just how everybody's going to go through, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Um, well, I mean, so many things, but really probably the biggest thing, like I could tell you that the career changed with the Montreal Comedy Festival and Last Comic, but then my real thing was having my son because I was 37. Like I, I'm like one of the only I got pregnant by accident, basically. And I, didn't know <laughs> that, you know, I'm serious. And like that, you think about, it, I told you my kid is 13, 13 years ago when I said I was pregnant, my agent told me my career was over, you know, and it's one of the best jokes I ever wrote because he said he'd never seen a pregnant woman on stage. And I said, apparently he'd never been to a really bad strip club. They told me to hide it. They told me that, you know, because, and now I see so many great young female comics doing what they want to do, showing up pregnant and everything else. But I think that, that for me, I think that was a changing point. Cause I just, comedy took second place for the first time in, in all those years. Cause I, I was like, okay, I'll be his mom. Cause I could either pay for college or therapy and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then just try to bust it out from where I am. And then I think I started working harder and got funnier if that's possible. I don't know that I'm funny now, but you know what I mean? <laughs> not that, yeah. not that I, could I be funnier? I mean it like, you know, yeah. if you think that you're funny, like, do you guys all think that you're funny? I don't, uh, no, it's a I don't weird thing, right? Like, you know that you can do the job, but the people who really think, oh, I'm a killer, I'm a monster, usually aren't. Sure. Right? I think I have exactly. friends that are funnier than I am. Like, like, like I have, like, I have non-comic friends that yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, that was fast, right. that, yeah, that was yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, but I also know that, like, yeah, you couldn't. You know that you work, you know that you're good, right? Like, I think that's that's one of the things we forgot in this whole pandemic is, are we funny? And I think that's sometimes you need that yeah. validation. I always, I never thought that I was, I never thought that I was a killer, but I always thought, okay, I could do the job. I'm funny. I, I had moments like, you know, the other day I, it was, uh, the TV was on and they were saying it's over here. It was like the windshield was minus six yeah. and, uh, right. Crazy. And I go, Oh, that's my new nickname for my sister-in-law minus. Six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's funnier than the average. I'm going to call her Windchill from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Al, you were starting to say something, buddy. We're about the when uh, asking and think you're funny. Oh, no, I was agreeing. Like, I don't think I'm funny. I think I know how to do this job. And I, um, but if you meet me, like when people meet me at parties or whatever, and they find out I'm a comedian, they don't believe it because I'm not the clown at the party that's trying to make people right. laugh. I'm yep. kind of just chilling and, you know, making observations or whatever. I also, um, I relate to the having a baby, how it sort of changes your mindset with this thing. Because my son was born June 1st, 2019. So the last two years, I've just kind of been like, it's just changed my, my motivation and how yeah. I get after this this comedy. Because I want... Like, I was kind of started doing dad stuff, but it's like, I want to be a great dad for my son because I didn't have that. Like, I was raised by a single mom. That's why I'm living with my mom now. But it's like, that job is so serious. That I want, I know that I have to be some level of great at this so I could set him up to have, like, a way better life than I had. And it's like, it just raises the stakes for what we do. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So what you're saying is I'll be funnier if I have a kid? No. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. It really, I, no, but what you, it's the partner in your life. Cause I don't talk about my kid at all. Okay. Like I'm funny in spite of what those idiots, those assholes that I fired <laughs> that afternoon when they told me to hide my pregnancy, uh, in spite of what they thought, but a partner 
somehow, whether good or bad, is so inspirational. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, because if it's not them, it's their family. Like, I've always watched, didn't you guys watch that thing with Megan and Harry? And I'm like, you didn't know that his family was crazy? I married yeah, a full right, right. man. I knew I was going <laughs> to fall into the crazy I had deprogrammed out of myself. <laughs> like, that's your fault for not seeing that one coming, you know? Like, not you, the uh, Meghan Markle. Uh, like, come on. That's point. <laughs> I really had to clarify that. Not you. Like, oh, God. Remember uh, that respectful comment, Brett? <laughs> Listen, Brett, stop with the whippets. In the back. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's butane for dabs, for hash oil. She can do dabs with it with a blowtorch. It's all pretty cool okay, stuff. Great. Listen, dabs are way more complicated right than mine. <laughs> uh, listen, I want to ask, listen, Paul, uh, you've been a little quiet. Paul, let's, let's go to the, the, either the turning point or just like, uh, like being the funny person uh, and like expectations as a comedian. Well, first of all, I like that he took whippets and he's like, oh, no, no, this is for hash. Like, he just went up to you. He's like, don't mess with that. I'm going to do heroin after this. It's a Thursday. Fridays are when I do the meal. Yeah, like, he like, it's for hash. Okay. Fridays are for meth. For comedy, for me, um, yeah, I mean, along with what Brent uh, now said, I was, I definitely have friends who are non-comics who are way funnier than me. Uh, or more funny than I am. And I, uh, it's just funny that people off stage, like I, I remember meeting some other people's friends and then they're like, oh, he's a comedian. And they're like, oh, he didn't seem funny. It's like, well, yeah, we're not on stage at like, especially after a show. Like we don't want to, I mean, for me at least, I don't want to yeah. be funny. I want to be, I don't need to be on. I like doing shows with, there's other comedians now that I'm getting more headlining shows I'm starting to work with these people. And you know, you can tell, like, I was like, did I do that too? Was I trying to be funny to the headliner? Like when I was a feature host, I'm just like, hey dude, we're just, we're just getting Waffle House. You don't have to be on right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be on right now. <laughs> yeah, like I, it's definitely more, I, the, the part I, and going on what Tammy said before, the thing that I most, the, miss the most about comedy and while what I've got to experience it while I've been in Florida here is just hanging out with comedians. Like, cause for me, um, I don't have, like, I'm, I'm an older comic, but I started late. So um, all my friends are married with kids and I can't really relate to them. Right. And I used to be a lawyer. I can't really relate to that either. So I can only relate to other comedians. But then again, I'm like hanging out with these comedians like Brett who are doing hash I don't, I don't like, uh, <laughs> doing hash. Doing, doing hash. hash. I think that's how Pat is paying us with hash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course you're a lawyer, Paul. <laughs> My drug days are over. Like when I was, yeah, like I don't, but it's just, I, I miss hanging out with comedians. Cause like I can relate. They, they understand. We all understand what we're dealing with, especially during the pandemic, like how scary and crazy it is. Like, when, when all our right. shows were canceled, all our opportunities before COVID, I was on my way to moving to LA. I had a show that had been pitched and we were possibly going to start recording in Burbank. And then, I, you know, festival slot at South by Southwest, all these things that were like going to make the greatest year of my life. And then it all went away. And I'm just like, okay, I just quit a well-paying job to do this like how but your funny will not go away and that's the one thing you yeah, have I, to keep holding on right yep. yeah I, I mean that's i i'm i realized the first two months where i wasn't doing comedy what was the self-doubt that was created was like you said tammy we're not able to see what we're able to we, we don't see what we're able to do when we're not on stage and then i remember the first show i did back in june i did a show in like oklahoma and like within the first half of the first set that I did on stage like I I called like right after my set I went and like emailed there were a couple shows that of places you don't like to do shows I, I like messaged them I'm like yeah I'll do whatever show you want. like I'll do that $25 <laughs> yeah. show in in you know Gainesville Florida I don't care because yeah. I, I missed it so much and I was like this is what makes me happy you start doing triple runs again you're like oh god what have i done <laughs> yeah. i didn't want to say that the venues but like there were certain places where i'm like uh a hundred dollars to you know but then i was like yeah i'll do it because i've missed it that much and it was and then you you come up with ways to make it work like i and i will say this about doing shows again like people are so happy 
doing yeah. that you do the live shows. I mean, I've sold more merch at shows uh, in, in 2021 than I did like in the last three years alone, just from the, you know, the minimal shows I've done for the first three months. So people are ready to support. People are trying to tip you after a show. I'm just like, give it to the other guys. Um, (laughs) I was a lawyer. I was a lawyer. Don't worry about it. Uh, Are you sure you're a lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I say that because I'm looking at the room you're in and there's zero art or furniture. No degrees either. No degrees. (laughs) I'm staying in my family's in Florida. Like, I had to find a room, but yeah, this room clearly hasn't been decorated. It's a standard Florida room. Just like there's a picture on the floor there. Yeah. It looks like the room that I lived in when I was in college. That's why I was like, what's happening, Paul? I was like, what kind of lawyer were you? (laughs) I did this from my show, my, my, uh, my zoom thing as Pat will testify. I have, billions of five dollar pictures behind me of my favorite comedians and uh, <laughs> all right great i listen i, I fall why we could talk about your interior decorating for hours on end i just <laughs> uh read tell us this past year for you like what have you been missing what have been some notable moments for you um yeah i mean same with everybody else i really missed doing comedy um i feel like every comic i texted during 2020 was so depressed just inside our house being like, I mean, I'll do a zoom show. And, uh, that's, that's the only comedy that existed was like on the computer. And it's like, Hey, I'm glad to be doing it. But again, are these people real? Do they want this? (laughs) Are they wearing pants? What's happening? (laughs) Um, and, uh, I guess I'm just happy. I am in LA. So I, I stuck it out. Everybody else left and I'm like, no, I will continue paying rent in LA because I want to be one of the first people that are here when stuff comes back. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm just like trying to stay hopeful and uh, there's outdoor shows again. Again, they also pay not very, nothing pays that well right now. They're like, here's a half a pizza. Do you want to do the spot? (laughs) So you pay me $50. Okay. I'll give you $50. I'll do the spot. Um, but it is really nice doing shows with other comedians. And then, um, sometimes like, you know, you'll tag each other's jokes and you're like, Hey, that's a good idea for a joke and something I never thought of. So that's been happening a lot recently. And I feel like I've been more creative now in 2021 than I was in 2020. That's like the best part of the post-show hang too, is like being with comics that you respect who watch your show and go, have you thought about this angle with that thing? And it's like, you can't talk to regular people about these stupid joke ideas, but other comedians who are also, you know, have the same weird like lizard brain that we have, (laughs) will give tags and perspective that you're like, Oh dude, like it was right there, right in front of me. Like, why didn't I think of that? And, and that's like, like um, the best part about doing these like outdoor shows is that minimal post-show hang where you're like, just get to feel like oh we're talking shop again pretty great is it just me or you've been on that train a long time it was daylight <laughs> when we started the show <laughs> are you going to narnia where are you going <laughs> i'm like a that's like was so, it, you get that on platform nine and a half, three quarters where did you get that train so i started in san diego and we're just now pulling into la like i could see no LA, i believe you i'm downtown. just <laughs> I, I think it's humbled us all a lot. And I didn't know that I needed humbling. I yeah. always thought I was pretty humble. Like, but I realized that if you'd have told me before, hey, you're you're gonna go play a drive-in. <laughs> you know, Big bullshit. Like, no, I'm not. I'm gonna yeah. stay home. And yeah. uh, you know, I think now I'm excited for the drive-in show and the the 17 people that show up and try to talk be like I'm happy and grateful for everybody, but I'm also in the death demographic. So, you know. (laughs) Tammy, you're saying like the 17 people, but the 17 people I found are gracious audience members. They Right, that's what I'm saying, thrilled, yeah. Yeah, just so exciting. And I gotta say, I love the outdoor shows. I mean, but you know, I'm a Colorado mountain guy and I was doing shows in Steamboat and uh, one, the audiences were amazing, but the couple of elements that were surprising to me uh, at one point during my set, an osprey, which is a large bird of prey, we think we're dumb. 
audience with an enormous fish in its talents. Wow. <laughs> I guess, well, there's an osprey with a fish. I can't. Wow. That's the most Colorado <laughs> shit ever, Pat. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that stuff right in Colorado. You go to Colorado and they're like, hey, uh, what, wanna, wanna, I'll see you Wednesday. You want to go for a hike? No, I just, how about lunch? Do you have a roll? <laughs> I don't want to go for a hike. That's You guys have been dying to do outdoor shows. You'll never go back in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was true. The other thing that outdoor shows introduced to me was uh, actual cricket sounds. Uh, that was, <laughs> I bombed on a joke and I heard about four crickets and I thought, this is a new low. <laughs> so, that's funny. That's like actually getting the hook, like in real life. That's, you know what I mean? Hearing literal crickets. That's tough. I once really slipped on a banana peel, so that happened. <laughs> uh, Brent, you're always good at asking questions, buddy. What what are some questions you like to ask some of the fellow performers here? Well, uh, I mean, I just I, well, I, shit, I don't know. I, has anyone else like has anyone else gotten a different level of focus on their career from having a year off, where you're like you really started to shift from trying to do it all to you know what, fuck all this shit, I'm gonna do these things that make that that I want to invest my time in and then you just kind of like dove into it or it have y'all just been like oh or or have you or have you done the exact opposite you're like oh I want to do a bajillion things right now because I have nothing to fucking do (laughs) because I went the opposite I did three things I'm like I'm focused on these things and that's it and I and I really kind of for me, I did I did the opposite almost. I did a bunch of things, but the one thing I will say that the pandemic uh, helped me with was I know what my end goals were, and I was before I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this, so I get to that. Right. And I started thinking, are there ways where I don't have to take you know do these other things to get to what I want, and can I do what I want on my own without? you know, waiting for the gatekeepers to, to green light something. So like for me, like, uh, you know, some of the shows that I've created, um, you know, p- people were telling me I needed to do this, you know, this game show or whatever to make it happen. I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that anymore. I just yeah. know what I want to get to. And I know that um, I'm not saying I want to, you know, I, I, I respect the process, but I, I was wondering and I started thinking about, how can I do, how can I get better at my craft to do what I want without doing the things I don't want? Yep. That makes any sense. Yep. I think the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I think we all are starting fresh um, yeah. because the world had changed, comedy had changed so much anyway. Look, it doesn't matter. Look, look at me. I've done seven Tonight Shows, but I have less than a 11,000 Instagram followers. So what does that mean? It means I just really didn't get on Instagram, but that's important. So the world was not necessarily about who was funny. This is not a meritocracy. Comedy isn't, you know, and you have to just sit back and it allows everyone to reinvent themselves and it put the brakes on the glut of people coming up behind pushing you out of the way. If you're funny now, you'll be funny next year and you'll be working because you're a proven entity. Right. And that's what it, it took me even a second to sit down and go, OK, just take a deep breath. Maybe I'm not going to be working to the amount, uh, the level that I was or the money that I was making, but I'll still work. I'll always work until the day I decide not to work. That's good. Yeah, the pandemic with the just kind of a shift in focus or just uh, just how things changed. Right. So I had True Laughs the business for almost two years prior to the pandemic. And I spent a lot of time going to corporate groups, trying to sell comedy. And they'd be like, we got Cirque du Soleil. We have uh, <laughs> like we have David Blaine coming. We have all we have a we have an 80s cover band. And it was like, uh, we don't know about comedy. We're not so sure about this. We're worried about it being appropriate. We got all this other cool stuff. And then the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, Cirque du Soleil was not an option. And now like all of a sudden it went from, it changed to where now the phone calls were coming to me, which was amazing, which we were able then to create these shows. It's like, so for me, it was so grateful because I was so frustrated of like just constantly getting shut down 
for in-person shows to sell to corporate groups, which I knew were good. I mean, Paul's been the only one at Joke at the Oak, but, uh, you know, it was a fun show and we had something good and, uh, and it was great. Like, and now you guys have all been a part of the corporate shows. Like we, we figured out a nice way of putting it together for, you know, cause it's a different game, but just having that of like the role reversal of now comedy is so important and everybody's saying, wow, we really need a laugh. We really need a laugh. Wow. We really, everyone's so depressed. We want, and can you help us? Can you help us? It's it's such a game changer. We're like people wouldn't even reply to my emails. People would barely talk to me at networking events that I would like pay lots of money to go to to develop business with. Uh, and now I'm getting the incoming, which is like just the importance of comedy. I think it's been it's really shown through to me of how important laughter is and uh, just how resilient it is through time. Uh, I don't want to. I'll get off my high horse now, but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, man, you're the only one I know that had an osprey with a fish in its mouth. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You win. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we've got about five minutes left. Does anybody have any questions they'd like to ask anybody else? <laughs> Tough one. I ask a question. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. And, Irene, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm so curious because, listen, I didn't even know when I started that there was – any kind of disparity being treated as a woman because that was my norm. Okay. Like, I mean, I just wanted to be a comic, but I realize now when I look back and I know better, you walked into the clubs, you, I was getting either not sexually harassed as much as just being treated as less than by everybody, whether it's the audience, the club owners, some of the staff, even fellow comics. I feel like it's changed. For me, I can't have a good picture because I've been in this game for so long. So I would hope that it's changed. And every, I think a lot of people know that I'm not putting up with it if, if they're gonna give me something different. Do you feel like it's changed? You're young in this, do you think it's changed? Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot more female comics now and you know, like for people sure. of color doing comedy, but I also, I'm like so non-confrontational and like so positive. Um, I know contrary to what my standup is uh, <laughs> that, I mean, I personally feel like uh, people have always been very nice to me and, you know, given me opportunities in spots and stuff. And I'm very grateful, but I, I mean, sometimes like, like my home club will put up like a lot of uh, shows that are only dudes. Um, mm like in a row where it's like okay or like there was another club that i worked where they were like oh i accidentally booked two gay people on the same show but i mean i guess it's too late now so we'll just leave it and it's like what i mean or you could have just like it would be fine wow. and it's not like we're the same comic at all you know what i mean right. it's like me and like a gay guy <laughs> where it's like our comedy is super different um and it wouldn't over like it's gonna the show's gonna be fine you know what I mean like funny yeah. is funny you know what I mean like unless we're telling the exact same jokes I get it but they don't really feel the same way if it's like three white guys you know they're right. like oh that's fine like no one bats an eye but if it's like oh there's like two gay people on the show it's like we don't want to make it too gay you know it's crazy that's kind of like the only time where I'm like oh it's not really that equal because people will think it's like oh we can't put three women on a show or like even if it's like two women on a show sometimes it's like ooh, we don't want to make it too lady heavy <laughs> you know what I mean it's like uh-oh uh -oh, uh -oh. and it's like oh cool there's more female comics but then there's in a way sometimes there's less spots because they're like oh we want to make it diverse but the, by that, they mean like, oh, one female comic and then two guys or three guys is fine. But like, God forbid, two or three female comics on a show is too much. Yeah, yeah like, that's oh, incredible God. to me. Uh, it, 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 like mind blowing of like that, that, that people still have that mentality because it's like there's no secret of like the best comedy show you can have is a super diverse comedy show. Of like, yeah, it's hey, we need to hey, like, let's have as much age range, uh, sexual orientation, gender identification, whatever it is, because you have an audience of, let's just say, 100 people. They do not all have the same sense of humor. Uh, and it's like, it's so it's frustrating for me. Uh, I mean, Paul, you would see shows in Chicago, not really that diverse for the most part. Uh, and that was like, it's like, all right, let's 
change it up a bit and like make it so it's like more appealing and and all just like more enjoyable for the performers as well of like this is how it should be we should all be there but like yeah three white guys three guys that look like me in a row that's gonna be awful it's gonna be there terrible. better be a lacrosse stick on that show oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right guys uh before we go here i just uh i want to give everybody a chance to just plug whatever they want uh and so let's just go i'm just gonna go by the order i'm seeing people so mal i know you're uh you're about to get off the train buddy so anything you'd like to plug uh probably reliable wi-fi um, he's gonna plug <laughs> so. those amazing t-shirts yeah, just follow me. <laughs> Obi-Wan follow, follow him on something. That's what he yeah. Follow him on the train. Follow, follow Mal on social media. At Mal. Sorry, buddy. We can't hear you. Uh, Tammy, what would you like to plug? I'm on Blue Bloods in a couple weeks. Uh, playing a mob wife. What is the odds of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm turning follow it email. Richard Bell's. My specials are all up on uh, Prime. So do that. Fantastic. Paul, what would you like to plug, sir? Uh, just follow me on Instagram at Paul Farvar or my website, Paul of Comedy. I've got uh, upcoming shows that are happening in Florida, Arizona, and Chicago. Awesome. Terrific. Irene, how about you? Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Irene underscore two. That's T-U. That's my last name. Um, yeah, hopefully see you at a show online or in person soon. Terrific. And Mr. Gill, to close us out. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at I am Brent Gill, but more that I can't give a shit about. Subscribe to me on YouTube, uh, Brent Gill Comedy. Uh, that would be great. Terrific. All right. That's it. Everybody, uh, performers, I really appreciate your time uh, and uh, working with you is a real delight. I, I do honestly feel like I improve every time I watch any of you perform. Uh, and so thank you so much for doing this tonight. I really had a lot of fun with everybody. And uh, yeah, everyone, I just uh, I can't thank you enough. Everybody for watching. Thank you again. That's the end of the show. Uh, tune in next week, seven o'clock mountain, eight o'clock central, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, Thursday night. And that's it. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great night. Nice to meet you. that's the episode everyone thanks for joining us like subscribe share you know what to do see you next time